good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? I mean, it's a beautiful morning, too. Welcome to our party. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting's weekly garden program. We call it the Gestalt Gardener, and I'm your host, Horticulture's Felder Rushing. The Rolling Stones of Cucumbers, the Tomato Marley, man. <laughs> our producer. Stop frowning. It's an awesome Java Chapman, and we're going to have fun for the next hour or so. Coming up in today's Hug a Veteran Day broadcast, I'm going to give you a heads up on what you can be doing in your southern garden. Share a few interesting emails and uh, also a, a, a music selection I think you'll enjoy. Uh, but we're live here on MPB. A lot of folks have got the day off because it's Veteran Day, but we are here live. I'm going to be ta- talking with you in real time about what's going on or not in your garden. Live program, folks. Sit back, take a few minutes of news, come back and start the informal party we call the Gestalt Gardener. We're going to get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're going to have fun for the next hour or so. Java, it's just, you know, it's a holiday. This place is shut down, but you and I are coming in to do this program. I think they messed up when, and when they gave me a key. All, all <laughs> the cats are away, so you and I can just play, right? There we go. Okay, do you think anybody's listening uh, who works here? Um, no, they're, they're, they're probably sleeping oh, wait, wait. in. There's a podcast. They catch us on the podcast. Uh-oh, we got to be careful. <laughs> That's okay. Well, you're going to be uh, running the board, pushing all the buttons, the bells and whistles, and screening calls, too? Um, I'm a man of many talents. All righty, all righty. Well, it, it, I, it ain't going to be too rough in here, but I'm pushing all the buttons far away from it because I realize there's a button. All these blinking lights in here, there's one button. If I push it, I think I blow up the tower at Iuka or something. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Anyway, hey, today's Veteran Day. Veterans Day, a lot of people uh, uh, have it off because of federal, actually tomorrow, Saturday is Veteran Day. Today so is the observance. That's right. That's right. So uh, if you're a veteran, uh, you know, I was at uh, <clears throat> Wednesday, I was at Cracker Barrel. I like to go to Cracker Barrel on Wednesday because I got the chicken pot pie. Okay. Yeah, you got to get there. You know, I'm 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 an older guy, but you got to get there early because older folks like me, we sell out the chicken pot pies at Cracker Barrel. So anyway, I was up there, and there's a guy with a military hat on. I went over, and I told him I appreciate his service, and he was he was appreciative. A lot of folks don't don't get that, but uh, it's one of those kind of things where uh, my dad was a Marine, combat Marine. My son is a Marine. I was in the Navy during Vietnam. So played in the Navy band aboard an aircraft carrier called the Kitty Hawk. Uh, floating around in the Pacific with bombers landing on my roof. My great, my grandfather's a serviceman. My great grandfather. Matter of fact, my son is the eleventh generation direct line without skipping a single generation. The eleventh generation rushing to serve in some sort of American armed forces. Of course, some of us were were British, (laughs) but this goes back before the American Revolution. But the fact is, uh, Veteran Day, I want to throw this out. It's an oddball little thing. Started in the 1940s, by the way. They used to have this thing called Armistice Day from World War I, but uh, they decided in the 1940s to include all veterans, men and women who served active duty in American military service. Interesting note, uh, a lot of times the holiday is printed as Veterans with an apostrophe either before or after the S. Well, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs says that it's the attributive, no apostrophe, rather than a possessive case is official spelling. Because it's not a day that belongs to veterans. It's a day for honoring all veterans. So I just want to throw that out. <clears throat> and that includes you, Felder. So from me to you, I want to say thank you for your service. Thank and you know, being in the armed forces, especially with your son following in your footsteps. That's right. Well, actually, he was a Marine, and veterans will get this. I was in the Navy. He was a Marine. I was nothing but a good ride to get where he needed to go. (laughs) That's just the way it goes. Marines, uh, my dad, anyway, uh, I hope all veterans have a have a, a good, appreciative Veterans Day. Thank you a whole lot. Uh, By the way, the Mississippi Gulf Coast Camellia, not much of a segue here. 
But Camellia Society on the Gulf Coast is going to have a, a show, uh, not this weekend, next weekend, November 18th. It's going to be from 1 to 4 Saturday, November 18th at the Lyman Community Center. Lyman is just north of uh, of Gulfport on Highway 49. Uh, so anyway, Lyman's got a, got a red light and everything. Lyman Community Center. They can have growers from all along the Gulf Coast, lots of different kinds of blooms on display. Uh, lots of camellia plant experts if you want to have any questions. A show is free. It's going to have plant raffles, and uh, they're going to have landscape and specialty camellias, which are the kind that really need a little color, the great big flowers for sale. So anyway, uh, that's going to be Saturday the 14th, 18th. We'll talk about that. But this weekend, Saturday the uh, 11th, November 11th, they have a native plant sale uh, in Clinton. It's going to be at the Clinton Nature Center, uh, which is on Dunton Road in Clinton. But the Clinton Community Nature Center from uh, 8 to 11, Saturday the 11th. Uh, they have all sorts of stuff. I saw the list of what they'll have. Uh, super impressive. Native perennials and shrubs and trees. All natives really, really well adapted. That's going to be from 8 to 11 at the Clinton Community Nature Center. If you've got any kind of uh, of uh, special garden events I can help promote, send me an email. I'd appreciate that. It's real easy. Garden at mpbonline.org. I'd be really glad to help promote it. Now, we're here live. We're going to be talking with folks that got a few emails I want to share and a couple of other things to, to talk about. But let's start off right off the bat here in Jackson, talking with Jim. Good morning, Jim. How are you, sir? Good morning, Felder. Jim Rosenblatt here. Howdy. I also want to correct the record, though. Your son was not only a Marine, but he's now in the Army Guard. So oh, you, I know you, he just finished the basic class and very proud of his service it, to it, match mine. As a matter of fact, and, and Dean, I, and I thank you for your service. I know you're retired military, but he was a Marine sergeant. Now he's an Army lieutenant. He said they're sort of about the same. <laughs> <laughs> but, Felder, I want to thank you for encouraging me to uh, plant tomatoes in the middle of the summer. I'm getting my second crop of tomatoes, and my peppers are still producing, but thank you so much for that inspiration. My pleasure, Dean. Thank you so much. Keep your hands on the wheel. Appreciate your service. And I also liked your article today about fall colors. Uh, that was really good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, fall, you know, my favorite fall color is poison ivy. It, it's all, <laughs> oh, you can tell where poison ivy is right now. It looks like flames going up all these trees. But anyway, appreciate okay. it. Thanks, Jim. See you, Felder. Bye, Bye. now. Okay, let's go to Mobile. Hey, Kay, good morning. Good morning. What's up? I have a question this morning about boxwoods. Is now a real good time to severely cut back old established boxwoods? Oh, no, no, no. Matter of fact, now this is really, this is synchronicity, but I've got a big round box. The only shrub in my yard that I prune, I got one boxwood in the middle of my front yard because it makes everything look a little bit calmer. Uh, and it needs to be cut back pretty, pretty hard because it's gotten too big. But I, if you prune it now, first of all, it's going to be naked all winter. Okay, so all winter people are going to talk about you. Um, and it, it, bok choy is kind of slow to come back. They're, they don't come back as quickly from hard prune as other plants. So, okay, I'd wait till, uh late winter, early spring. Because, uh, you know, once when things start to grow, if you cut it back then, they'll sprout out quicker and have less time to be all naked and all. Is it better just to dig up an old boxwood and replace it No, or cut it back? You know, I, I work with, with historic gardens all the way into the Carolinas, Virginia, and Texas, and they've got boxwoods that are sometimes 200 years old. You can cut a boxwood back to two feet tall if you want to. It's going to take forever to put out new growth, but when it does, you can shear that new growth to make it nice and, and fluffy and full and have a real pretty plant all over again. They routinely prune old boxwoods in historic gardens, but they do it in late winter or spring. Thank you so much. Okay. Oh, what Enjoy do you, your show. Thanks for calling, Kay. I appreciate it. All right, let's go to Clinton and talk with, is this Key? Hello. Hello, fella. This yeah. is Billy Key over in Clinton. Hey, Billy, what's up, man? Well, I was just going to give you some information. Tomorrow is Veterans Day, which I am, and I'm proud of that. Today is the Marine Corps' birthday. 242nd. 242nd. That's right. That's, That's right. right. You know, and you know, ask. Founded, founded in Tons Tavern, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on November 10th, 1775. And you know, you ask any other serviceman, any other serviceman, when, when, when their place was founded, they don't know, but Marines have a big deal. Uh, usually, you got it. 
All righty. So well, you you were a Marine? Yes. And my dad was one of the frozen chosen. You know what that means. Chosen Reservoir. That's Korea. right. That's right. Listen, man, I really appreciate your service a whole bunch. It's for Thank five. Thank you. See Have ya. a good day. I listen to you all the time. Thanks for calling in. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a special thing there. Hey, if you want to give us a call, it's, it's live this morning. Call us 1-877-MPB-RING. It's a toll-free number, 877-MPB-RING. And uh, we're going to be talking about gardening. By the way, leaves don't have to be bagged this time of year. If you keep mowing your leaves, as long as you can see some grass when you're through mowing, mow them because this replenishes the soil. It recycles those nutrients. It feeds the, the tree. Everything about mowing leaves is better than raking them and hauling them off. And when you can't see the grass anymore, that's when you put them in a leaf pile or a mulch pile or make a bed, maybe connect some trees with a, 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 a nice little mound of leaves, and next year plant ferns and azaleas and stuff there. No need to put leaves in bags. I know a lot of you do that, and you know, I'm not shaming you if you do that, but it's just not even, not, not, not necessary. We're going to come back with Gestalt Garden here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting right after this. I'm Horticulturist Felder Rushing. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring I know some of you veterans are off today, so you can give us a call. We'll talk about uh, about whatever you want to. It's related to your lawn or your trees or shrubs or wildflowers or bugs or blights or compost. Maybe you've got an indoor plant that's dropping its leaves because you brought it in. Anything you want to talk about is vaguely related to gardening. If I don't know it, I will find out for you. I do a lot of emails, too, so if you want to shoot me an email anytime, it's garden at mpbonline.org. Uh, Java, uh, your your uh, your kids at school today. So why why do, why are we here? We can have the day I, off, man. You tell me, Felder. <laughs> <laughs> because I likes it. There we go. We are here to serve the people. So you know, give us a call, or we have to play one of our cheesy tunes. Oh, jeez, I've got some cheesy tunes. <laughs> I've got one coming up. It's a little little. Hey, look at there. Somebody says, please don't play a cheesy tune. <laughs> please don't. While he's catching that, uh, let me throw this out. Uh, I'm still seeing a lot of brown patch disease in people's mostly St. Augustine and some centipede lawns. Uh, it's, it's, it's real common because we have this combination of cool, wet nights and warm days. That's ideal for the fungus that causes the brown patch to show up. It'll be circles or curves of light brown uh, areas in your grass. Probably won't kill your grass, but it'll look pretty bad until we get it wintertime, makes the rest of the grass go equally brown. If you want to spray for it, keep in mind that fungicides do not kill fungi. Fungicides are used to keep fungi from spreading and getting worse. If you have a problem, uh, like with black spot on your rose or or, uh, or t- leaf spots on your tomatoes or whatever, if you know about it ahead of time, you can spray and prevent it. But once the symptoms show up, all we're trying to do is keep it from spreading and getting worse. So you can use a liquid fungicide for brown patch right now on your lawn and uh, in the, the brown areas and the perimeters, and that'll keep it from getting worse until uh, better weather comes around. It's not a problem most of the time, but it shows up when we have cool, wet weather with warm days. So anyway, just, just a little heads up about that. About that. Uh, this past week, I've been working out in the garden a little bit, dug up part of my front yard. It's been just mostly, well, it was bowling balls. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I had an area that had tire planters and bowling balls in it, and I decided I want to neaten it up just a little bit. I don't know what I'm going to do with the bowling ball, but I'm not throwing them away. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to put them someplace. But anyway, I dug it up, got it down to shovel's depth, turned it over really, really good, uh, getting ready to plant some stuff, and I found lots of bulbs, daffodils, and uh, Spanish uh, uh, hyacinth, and uh, little uh, those magenta hardy gladiolus that are so so tough. Found a whole bunch of them. As soon as I get through through uh, working out the ground, mulching it, getting it nice and neat again, I'm gonna stick them all back out there. But anyway, this is a good time to plant or to replant bulbs if you want to. Um, I got to replant some kale. The kale I put in the back of my truck got hit by by uh, those green cabbage worms. They completely denuded the kale in my garden, and uh, which is kind of funny because 
and I get on the interstate, and I blew the worms off, too. Anyway, I have to redo that. I also put some new bulbs out in my night lighting, and uh, I'm working on a, a, an arbor out front to grow some vines on. Got rooted some some uh, Confederate jasmine. going to put a really interesting new kind of arched arbor made out of rebar out in the front yard, and uh, maybe put a new gate out, too. I don't know. Anyway, let's get back to the phone. Let's go to South Mississippi. Jacob, you sort of hedge in there about South Mississippi. It could be anywhere. <laughs> gotta gotta keep you guessing, man. Yep, yes. What's what's up, Jacobs? What can I help you with? Uh, well, I'm I'm not a horticulturist by any means, but I do have a yard. So I wanted to ask you a question. Um, I have a smaller backyard and a huge, huge oak tree back there that shades a lot of it. Yep, and um, and it. it really a difficult time for any of the grass to grow and yeah. so it's kind of turned into just a big dirt pit yeah is there a type of grass or or shrub or something that i could put back there that would grow well in low sunlight yeah there there is jacob here's the big question do you have a big black labrador dog i do not okay got any kind of dog or kids or anything like that no sir okay well, then there's hope because if you got kids or dogs Anything you put out there is not going to work. If you ride around some of the older uh, older towns and the older neighborhoods and look under the trees, you'll see a lot of monkey grass. Uh, and there's two kinds. There's a little monkey grass called Mondo, M-O-N-D-O. Uh, and you can actually mow it like grass. It'll grow in 100% shade. It'll burn up out in the full sun. But it spreads like grass. And matter of fact, where people have it in their yards and it's sort of escaped in the lawn sometimes in the winter, that's all they got. So mondo grass spreads, and, and, and you get little clumps of it, and you pull them apart in individual plants. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, you'd figure it out instantly. And just stick them uh, every few inches, and then uh, just cover them up with tree leaves. Next spring, they, they'll sprout, and then this time next year, you'll have almost solid out there. There's a bigger type of monkey grass called liriope or liriope. Um, there's ivy which you know a lot of people don't really like because you get roaches and stuff in it. And then there's Asiatic jasmine. But Mondo grass, Liriope, uh, uh, Asiatic jasmine, and English ivy all grow really, really well, and they're real popular uh, up under uh, big old oak trees on the coast. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, man. And let me throw something out real quick. Do you use a backyard at all, Jacob? Yes, sir. Okay, think about uh, getting finding somebody breaking up an old uh, concrete sidewalk and make you a, a rubber rock uh, uh, little patio type thing out there, or you can build a deck without the post. Just set it right on top of the ground, but put something out there away from the house and some steps to it. And that way, you know, you, when you're looking out your back door, you'll see a place to go, some steps to get there. And then uh, when you you know do that, put just a couple of three big pots out around the edge of it, plant some flowers in it, and you don't even notice if it's mud and stuff. Just have leaves. But if you have a nice place to sit. And uh, put a couple of great big pots full of different kinds of plants in it. Nobody will even notice it. Ain't nothing but mud out there. Just let the leaves fall. Right. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for the suggestion, man. Hey, shoot me an email. We do South Mississippi by email just like we do everywhere else. Come on. <laughs> See you, man. Garden at mpbonline.org. Let's, uh, how do you say? Is it bowls? Hello? Hello. Uh, howdy. How, how do you pronounce your name? B-O-U-N-D-S. Bounds. All yeah, right. I'm an old Cherokee Indian out of North Carolina. I was born and raised up there. And now you're in the you're in the county seat of Pike County, Mississippi, Magnolia. Oh, have mercy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a cold Red veteran of New Jersey. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. My dad was one of the frozen chosen. You know what that means. Yes, well, yeah, yeah. Now, what I call you for, fellow, look, uh, is it too, too late to plant mustard greens? Uh, in South Mississippi, probably not. If you're growing it for leaves, you know, mustard, if you're trying to grow turnips and stuff like that, they may not have time if we have a normal winter bounds. But if we have a, if we have a normal winter, which we hadn't in a couple of years, then then they would freeze. But, no, you can go ahead and get some mustard started and lettuces and, and – uh, Kale and and, uh, uh, and collars, all those kind of greens, they'll take cold weather. The the roots will may not make it, but the the greens will be. Actually, they'll be a little tastier after we get a little frost. Okay. Well, I want to throw this at you. I'm gonna let you go. Uh, that you talking about them worms eating up your kale? Yeah. 
this is a low Indian recipe. Some joy liquid, cigarette butts, and red pepper, and mix it up, and then spray it. Oh man, and that will that will put a nice little tang to the mustard when you cook it down later too. Well, it, it, it won't hurt it. It won't hurt it. That's the best thing. But you know what? Put those those worms. It's those white butterflies. They lay their eggs, and that's what's happening. Yep, that's that's exactly. People say, "Oh, there's a pretty butterfly," and every time it lands on something, it lays an egg that turns into a green worm that just wants to eat everything it can reach. There you go. Thank you, Mr. Feldman. Appreciate it. Oh, oh one, one last thing, Bounds. If you'll make sure when you put your seeds out, put them out yep. real thin. Because real thin. if they're all clustered, you'll get a, a, all of them will sprout, and they won't grow as fast. So if you spread them out real, real thin so if each plant has a little elbow room, they'll grow a lot faster, and uh, you oh. can eat them a whole lot better. All right. That sounds like a winner. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. All righty, the Magnolia is a county seat of Pike County, Mississippi. Let's go up to Oxford, uh, to uh, Lafayette County. Hey, Paige, good morning. Morning, how are you? Howdy, so far so good. What's up? All right, so um, like one of your previous callers, I am not a horticulturist. Um, so I had a bouquet, and I just on an impulse planted some seeds that were shed by, I think it's called a, like, gomphorelia. Yeah, gumfrey got little uh, thumb, thumb-sized flowers. Yeah, they were kind of, like, spiky at the tips, and they dropped little black seeds. Yeah. Yeah, so took a bunch of seeds, and I threw them in some dirt in a tiny pot in my office, and, of course, they have a nice sunny spot, and they've all sort of sprouted, and now I'm wondering what I should do with them, because I don't want to kill them, but <laughs> I don't know that I exactly have an outdoor gardening spot, so I was wondering if I could still sort of keep them in their pot or spread them out amongst many, or yeah. I just have to bid them farewell. Well, let me ask you this, Paige. First, first of all, little plants are not like little kittens. You can let them go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't, you know, just you got to harden your heart if you could be a gardener. We deal with life and death and all that. And sometimes we actually eat what we grow, which, you know, makes you feel kind of creepy if you get attached to them. But uh, <laughs> is this, so you think this plant is called gumfrina, right? Okay, Here, so. here's the deal with those. They are summer annuals. They're native to Africa. They grow out in the hot sun. As soon as it gets cold, they freeze. See, so those little plants, you got them sprouted, but all of a sudden they're like on a spaceship to Mars. And they need yeah. sunshine. They need warm temperatures. So your best bet to, if you want to keep those alive is to is to keep in a real sunny window. Try to make sure the heater or the air conditioner not draw, blowing right on them because that really dries plants out. But uh, keep a few in, in pots and just see if you can keep alive over the winter. But save some of your seeds if you can to plant next spring when it warms up. And they'll grow. Uh, the, the, the ones I planted this past spring in my garden are unbelievably thick and healthy. As soon as it gets cold, they're 86. They're out of here. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's, uh, I'm just on a road trip, and I had you guys on, and I thought, well, perfect. I'll just give you a call. Wait a second. You're not from Oxford? Well, so, you know, I recently moved to Oxford from New York State, so I've just been okay. experimenting with plants in my office, and so it's, you're it's a whole just, different world down here. So you're just sort of sneaking in, huh, saying you're from Oxford? Exactly. Well, I, I mean, I live there, so. <laughs> Listen, it's okay, Paige. What, were you from the city or from upstate? State Finger Lakes area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've lectured several times up at at uh, Cornell, right there in the middle of all those lakes. Yes, that was my graduate school. Alrighty. Yeah, it's snowing there today. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know the place called uh, what's it called the plantation? What what's what's the uh, oh yeah the Cornell plantation? Yeah, yeah. I've lectured there quite a bit, and they grow they they grow grumfina there, but they grow it in the summertime. Anyway, at Pace, <laughs> anytime if you want to shoot me an email, uh, you know I've got a, 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 a two brothers and a sister-in-law graduated from Ole Miss. I ain't scared. Shoot me an email anytime, Paige. We'll settle you down real, real, real easily here, so you won't have to worry too much about not being a horticulturist. <laughs> well, perfect. Thank you so much. Okay, Paige. Thank you. <laughs> she sneaked in and says she was from Oxford. Let's go down to Louisiana. Bobby, where are you in Louisiana? I'm in Faraday. All righty, Faraday. You know, there's a couple of, couple of famous old boys from there. Yeah, no, there were seven. There oh. were seven big people from here. Seven? Can yeah, you, can you... Jim, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, yeah. Jimmy Swagger, yeah. uh, Mickey Gilly, yeah. uh, let's see, uh, Howard K. Smith. Oh. Uh, 
I didn't Welcome. know. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, uh, all out of parody. That's right. Well, what can I help you with this morning? This, you know, this. Well, I uh, tell you what. I learned. I started listening to you years ago with uh, a dear, dear friend of mine. She's passed on now. Her name was uh, Helen Hartfield from Natchez. Mm-hmm. And she just loved, loved, loved you, and we love you too. Well, thank but you. But I need to ask you something, Zelda. Keep it clean. I, I'm gonna try. <clears throat> I've got some fig trees. We moved oh, okay. over to the, to okay. the, the not, about six years ago. It's not personal then. It's about your fish. <laughs> Shame on you. You're an old, dirty old man. I'm from right on the other side of the Mississippi River. Cut me some slack, Bobby. <laughs> anyway, you got this fig tree. Okay. They're, uh, they were planted when we moved here, and they're as tall as the house. Yeah. And uh, we pruned them back a couple of times, and I was afraid to prune them too much for fear they wouldn't wouldn't come back at all. Right. When to prune and how much to prune. Okay, so the figs are a little bit different from other plants, Bobby, if you want figs. If you don't if you want, don't mind skipping a year, not a problem. You can oh, cut I don't mind skipping. Well you can cut figs to the ground and they will sprout out with all these big, long, tall, skinny suckers. I mean, you can cut them to the... Just like crepe myrtles run over by drunk drivers. They'll sprout back out from the roots. But okay. they But they won't make any figs that, that, that first year. That's all right. But if you'll cut them back really, really hard and let them sprout out with all these long growth, when they get about knee-high or waist-high, uh, sometime in the uh, early midsummer, cut the tips off of those. And what okay. they'll do is they will branch out... Instead of shooting up overhead, they'll branch out, and then the next year what grows on those will have figs. Oh, okay. And then all you have to do from then on is is every spring, whatever sprouts out, just cut the tip of it off, and they'll get bushier and bushier, and you won't have to use a, a, a rake to pull the branches down to get the figs. Or a ladder to climb up to get them. That's right. As okay. soon as you get up on that ladder, there's going to be a yellow jacket no, while I can't stand. do that. Okay, I'm just saying. Anyway, cut, if you cut it to now, if you want to do part of the tree this year, and then part of the tree next year, you could do that. But I think you know, there are two trees out there. I'll just do them at the same time. That way, they'll be the same height. <laughs> It'd be better if you could wait till the middle of the winter, later winter. If you do it right now, those those stumps, you know, they they gonna get a little winter damage, even though you're down in in uh, you know okay. a bit further south. Okay. But if you can wait till the middle of the winter, and there's less chance you're gonna run into a bumblebee nest then too. Okay, I I can handle that now. Uh, we also planted some crepe myrtles, and Susan, my daughter, has been taking care of those like you told her to. Okay. And uh, they are doing beautifully. And uh, another question. What size pot would you suggest, because I don't have any ground that's nice to put them in, uh-huh. uh, tomato plants? I can't grow a tomato in smaller than a five-gallon bucket. Five-gallon bucket. You know, with a hole drill in the bottom. That's the gotcha. smallest. If you get gotcha. smaller, then you have to water it too much and all that kind of stuff. So it, okay. at least if you okay. get one bigger than that, you can put a tomato and a pepper, and maybe a basil in it. So, you know, a bigger pot, you can grow several plants in. And what were you doing planting kale in the back of your truck? You haven't seen my truck? No. Bobby, are you online? you go online much? No, I don't. I'm illiterate. Okay. Well, I have a pickup truck, 1988 Ford F-150. 58. Not, no, 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 88. Ford oh, F-150, 1988. It was my dad's truck, and for the past 25 years, I've been growing... Uh, tomatoes and peppers, and I, right now I've got oregano, I've got uh, rosemary in, the back, the, in the back of my truck. Up, you know, if you were raising, if you were really raised in the country, you know, sit up against a cab. There's no wind back there. <laughs> but I've I've got I've got a dandina, I've got monkey grass, I've got a cactus, uh, I've got zinnia, the little compact zinnias, um, oregano, rosemary, chives, kale, basil, all in the back of my pickup truck. And you drive that rascal around? Thousands of miles a year. And matter of fact, I got an official government document, Bobby, from the Louisiana State Highway Patrol saying my garden can go 81 miles an hour. <laughs> this was in Lake Charles. And then when oh, you go through Lake Charles, slow down. <laughs> hey, listen, one last thing before before we, 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 we leave you. When Helen passed away, did you get any of her plants? I did, and I brought them up with me. But the only thing I got from her, no, no, I got a, I got a, a little cactus from her as well. But the only other thing that I got that I lost, and that was uh, uh, a tiger, tiger lily. Oh yeah. And I lost that, and so I don't have any. But her daughter's still over there, and I can get something, I think. 
uh, always always good because so many of the plants in my yard, when I look at them, I think of people who passed away. Right, you Bo- bet. Bobby, thank you thank so much you for, for your call. You know, me, I appreciate it. You bet. And uh, go hug, hug your daughter and tell her don't prune the crepe myrtles too hard. All right, and you have a good weekend. Thank you, sweetheart. All Bye. Right. Bye-bye. Okay, we need to do some music, Java. That was fun. I mean, that Bobby wore me out. She wore Bobby me out. Bobby needs to call in more often. That's right. Um, if you want to give us a call, it we, she can put you in your place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be nice. You know, she like my mother. My mother's been dead all these years, Java. But I swear, she's standing behind me. She's gonna smack me on the back of the head if I don't straighten up. But anyway, I thought today being uh, the day before Veteran Day, about Happy Marines. But, I thought it would be appropriate to play this medley, which, by the way, is performed by the United States Marine Drone Bugle Corps. We'll be right back with more of the Gestalt Garden here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting and your live phone calls right after this special tribute to veterans. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture is still rushing. Why don't you give me a call? We've got the lines wide open right now. Plenty of time just to chat about what's going on in your yard. It's toll-free, one mpb ring MPB stands for Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Ring is what gets you on the line. 877-MPB-RING. Give us a call. Um, I got some emails I thought that were interesting to share. One was, uh, this is from Camille Wright, also known as Sheila. She says an article she saw in the National Geographic magazine talked about Holland being the number one exporter of tomatoes in the world. Yeah, Holland. By the way, this is called the Netherlands also. Uh, the way they do is they grow them indoors by using artificial life, which requires no pesticide use. Why don't we do this in the United States? All these rural towns of vacant manufacturing buildings could be re- retrofitted to grow food. 
which would provide local food, employ people. It's a real good idea. And actually, we do this. We grow a lot of a lot of the, the greenhouse. The tomatoes you get in the wintertime are greenhouse grown. Uh, they use artificial lights, but they have to use pesticides. Uh, you know, even uh, under artificial light, they have problems with with thrips and aphids and things like that. But they try to use natural pesticides. Anyway, uh, Netherlands is the number one exporter of tomatoes in the world. But we grow an awful lot of tomatoes here in greenhouses. As a matter of fact, we have a, a specialist uh, with the Mississippi State University Cooperative Extension Service, a guy named Dr. Rick Snyder, who is a tomato, a greenhouse tomato expert. He helps people do that. Anyway, appreciate that. Uh, we've got some uh, lines open. You'll give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring Let's go to Madison, talk with George. Good morning, sir. Hi. Howdy. What's up? Um, I have a question about tallow trees. Yeah. So, so I've got some, uh, you know, some acreage, and uh, I have a lot of tallow trees. And I, I know you were talking about the crepe myrtles and fig trees earlier. They're kind of in that same group that just sprouts like crazy from the root. Yeah. Um, so the small ones I just rip out, no problem. Yeah. But I have some that are eight and twelve inches in diameter that yeah. I, I can't be ripping on. And I don't think a stump grinder is going to stop them from sprouting. So I was wondering if there's anything I could spray on the stumps that would keep them from sprouting on the roots. Well, y- yes and yes and no. Um, you know, the tallow trees, by the way, in spite of the fact they have really good flowers and bees really like it, they've got fall fruit. The fem- they're, they're separate male and female, by the way. The females have those little clusters of white berries. There's a reason some people call them popcorn trees, but they're females. Uh-huh. Birds eat the, the berries and spread the seeds everywhere, so you can cut them down from here till kingdom come, and you can have more sprouting out from seed. So your best bet is get the area where you can cut everything down really good and just simply bush hog it uh, once or twice a year, and that'll that, that'll eventually wear out the ones that keep sprouting from from uh, from roots and all, and it'll also get rid of the young ones that come up from seed. Just simply bush hogging the area at least once a year. But uh, there, well, the pro- what the problem is, I want to till it and plant it. Yeah, well, you know, those big trees, you're going to have to, you know, it doesn't matter whether they're tallow trees or what, you know, it's going to be hard to do that if you got tree roots. If you could cut things to the ground, haul it all off or burn it or whatever you can, you know, whatever legal to do with all that, um, there's, there's, you know, just simply uh, disking it with a tractor and all that, just tearing it all up will get rid of most of it. They don't sprout from the roots, they sprout from pieces of the trunk. See, so if you can cut it down and have somebody come in with a big tractor and just disc it uh, two or three times, that'll pretty well get rid of all the the stumps and stuff like that. But answer your question, if you wanted to spray something, the only thing that's going to be effective and that's going to be safe for for the environment and really work well with fewer problems is Roundup. And Roundup only works on actively growing tissue. So unless you cut and immediately spray the trunk, I mean within seconds— or else let them sprout back out and spray the new growth next spring when it's nice and warm. There's really not going to be a, a – a, a, the other herbicides will cause a whole lot more damage. Okay. So well, I, I appreciate it. Thank c- you. Cut them down and, and find some – call the extension service. Tell them you want some old boy with a big tractor, big disc to come in and just <laughs> cut it all up. And once you do that a couple of times, it'll, you'll, you'll be able to plant Great, thank you. All right, and by the way, they've got the prettiest fall color. It's an unbelievable they fall do. color. They're, they're beautiful trees, but they just are menace. They sprout they're, all over the place. Well, they're considered uh, one of the top invasive exotic plants. Uh, they do have some some real good benefits for wildlife, but uh, they can sure mm-hmm. fill up an area quick. Anyway, good luck on it, George. Thank you. All right, and let's go down to Brookhaven. Hey, Charles. Hey, brother. How you doing this morning? Fine. So far, so good. What's up? Good, and I enjoy listening to you all the time. I have a, my wife and I have a disagreement. Uh, what, what's the best time to water flowers? I say in the morning time, and she says in the evening time. Okay, who's go, who's going to be doing this watering? Uh, well, we both do it. Okay, well, I would just do it whenever I felt like it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, right. No, here, here's the deal. If you water plants in the middle of the day, first of all, you know, a lot of that water evaporates real quick. And if you water, so, so you know, it's not as efficient. If you water late in the day and the plants stay wet all night, you run the risk of uh, of disease developing. So the best time, and I'm not trying to side with you, Charles, because I know better than that, but the best okay. time for the plant point of view would be in the morning or 
early enough in the evening so the foliage has time to dry before dark. Right. Oh, oh, okay. See, All so right. I'm I'm trying to straddle this one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no problem. I, I, she she's doing this, so she she, she accepts it. Okay, so so I I I I bail myself out the end. Yes, you did. Yes, okay, you did. main main thing. If she if, let's put it this way, if she got something on her mind and she's watering to keep from hollering at you, anytime she wants to is the best time. Oh, okay, all right. Then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll work. <laughs> good luck, Charles. Bless your heart. Thanks a lot, Charles. Yeah, have a good day. Okay. Let's talk to Eric down in Oxford. Hey, Eric, how are you this morning, sir? Hey, I'm doing fine, man. Good. What's up? Uh, we have a greenhouse, and we were planting uh, snapdragon. And we're having problems with about 50% of them are dying overnight. Is, uh, is this a home greenhouse or commercial? It's a 40-foot-long by 20-foot. But what I'm saying, are, are you... It's a home greenhouse, yeah. Is this for you or you're growing for sales, what I'm getting at? No, we're just growing them to okay. have the well, plants in the winter. The re- reason why I'm saying because commercial growers can, can go to the extension service and, and watch a couple of videotapes and get a, a license to buy a little bit stronger stuff than, than you can buy you know, down at the garden center. Uh, but they're, are they, they're, they're just dying right at the ground and flopping over? Yeah, this is going to be. There's there's several diseases. They're root rot and stem rots. It's called damping off. You know, when you plant a whole bunch and they just fall over. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, it's real, real common. Uh, two two things. One would be to plant the seeds thinner so they're not quite so thick, so they have more you know individual elbow room. And then if your potting soil dries out real fast, try watering in them. The if wet soil is what causes the problem. If you're watering late in the day, just like uh, the, the former caller, uh, and they stay wet for hours in the evening, they're more likely to damp off. So water in the morning. Uh, you know, Try not to keep the plants too wet. If you need to use a fungicide, there are some good ones out there. Can't tell you the, the, the off the top of my head. But uh, what you do is you uh, plant the seeds thinner so they have more room. Water in the morning, try not to keep them wet. And if you need to use a fungicide, uh, drench. Uh, that's what commercial growers do, just to help protect the the, the stems till the plants get big. It's usually not a problem on older plants; just younger plants. Okay, I appreciate it. Uh, shoot me an email, Eric. I, I, I get a little bit more information is real, real common. Usually associated with staying too wet. All right, thank you for your service. Uh, okay, good luck. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. All righty, now let's go up to Aberdeen. Hey, Joyce. Good morning. Good morning. What's going on in the prairie part of the state? Well, uh, it's beautiful here today. Oh, yeah. Oh, it is. Uh, I haven't lived here but about five years, and I have three crepe myrtles in the front of my house. And I heard the lady say that you told her daughter how to uh, take care of her crepe myrtles. Uh huh. Somehow I missed your program on that, but um, mine, I moved here five years ago and restored a home. And they bloomed the first year, and then they didn't bloom, you know. And so this year I put out 13, 13 close to them and just watered them. And, uh, oh, they were just beautiful. Is that good or bad? Well, it's it's neither good nor bad, but the triple 13, that's an agriculture uh, fertilizer. And the type of nitrogen in it, that first number, is ammonium nitrate. It's real short-lived, and it doesn't last very long. So it's better to, if you can use something like that, just do it every four or five years, and on the in-between years, use something like cottonseed meal or just something with a higher first number. If you've got grass anywhere near there and you fertilize your grass, that's more than enough for the crepe myrtles, too, because they got roots way out from the trunk. What do you use to fertilize grass? I've been using that 13. Well, see, that's that, a lot of people do that, but see, the triple 13, it's got ammonium nitrate, it's got a lot of phosphorus, a lot of potash, and those two last things build up and they last. So you really only need to use that every three or four or five years and just use a nitrogen fertilizer on, on the in-between year. What I would do would be get the stuff that they sell for grass. It's kind of high. It's like $10, $12 a bag. But make the bag go twice as far as it says it'll go. That makes it half price. And that gives the grass a long, slow, steady, long-lasting feeding rather than a great big rush that you got to mow like crazy and then it's gone. So since you put the triple 13 out, I would just get the stuff they sell as lawn food, but make the bag go twice as far. It, well, it, it A whole lot better. And it's better on your lawnmower, too. 
great. But uh, <laughs> it, always often. But uh, to get 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 back to your crepe myrtles. You know, you you moved in, into a to an old southern town. No matter what you do, your neighbors are going to talk about you. You understand that? <laughs> so here's a trick. Some people cut their crepe myrtles back. Some uh-huh. people don't, and the people who don't think that they're better than everybody else. So if you cut well, yours back, I, please don't. <laughs> okay, I, I'm just saying. If you if you want to, what you could do is you can cut off some of the branches, some of the limbs, and then some of the branches what's left. Don't leave a stub. See, so if they're real thick, you can you can take a one of those curved saws that you that cuts when you pull. A uh-huh. pruning saw, and it goes through them just like like chocolate cake. But uh, if you'll right. cut without leaving any stubs, take out a thin out some of the lower branches. Uh, excuse me, some of the thor- lower limbs, and then step back and look at it, and then go back and take some of the branches off the limbs that are left. That shapes them up real nice. You can see through them, and the energy that would have gone, Joyce, to what you cut off will go to what's left, and it'll grow better. Great. Mine are like mm, over twelve feet tall, well, see, and they're 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 straight up. But you know. see, but, the, the, but but I need to get those little ones that are sprouting around it. I need to cut those away, right? Or, or, or leave one or two of them and let them become new trunks. Great. And uh, by the way, this is best on the winter time, and you see what you're doing. Well, one more question. I want to put three on my property line on the side of my house to go with those three in the front. Uh huh. And um, what month should I put these out? And when I lived in Greenville, Mississippi, I had problems with the azaleas, and a man at Stoneville told me, and this has worked for me on the azaleas, he said, don't put them in the ground level with the ground. Let them be on a little mound. Well, that 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 worked in the Delta because you have that gumbo soil in Greenville. I was raised in Indianola, so I know about that. But up in, in Aberdeen, you got a whole lot better dirt, so you can you can plant. If you'll dig a wide hole, not a not a deep hole, but a wide hole, and be sure you loosen up the potting soil and the roots, stir that stuff into your native dirt, and plant them just like that. You could plant them a little bit higher, so they'll have chance to settle down a little bit. But I wouldn't plant them mounted up like you have to do in the Delta. When I dig the hole, do I put like some potting soil stuff no, in there? No, it just dig a nice wide hole, you know, and if it, you know, three feet or more, you know, if you don't feel a little stupid about it, it's not wide enough, and then just add a little stuff to it. Usually the potting soil is plenty, okay? And then take it from there. All right, uh, so if you have some more questions about that, Joyce, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Let's move on to Oxford now and talk with James. Good morning, sir. Hey, how's it going? So far, uh, so good. I just had a, a quick comment about uh, protecting against uh, dampening off when yeah. planting, uh, seedlings. Okay. Um, I've had great luck with uh, cinnamon. Cinnamon? So you, uh, put a coat of cinnamon over the top of the soil, huh. and it's a natural fungicide, and as well as it, it helps with uh, rooting. Um, so it has some uh, rooting hormone properties. Yeah, and, and so, you know, and oddly yeah. enough, now that you mentioned that, compost has an anti real just plain old straight compost has an anti-fungicidal effect, too. Yeah, yeah, but uh, cinnamon is super cheap. You know, you buy a big bottle of it from a from a home store, you know, from a grocery store, and I've had great luck with it. So. Well, uh, that's a great tip. Now, I don't, you know, I don't know about the cinnamon myself. I'm gonna do a little research on that, but it's yeah, but, yeah. but uh, South, I'm gonna look that one up. All right, all right. Appreciate it, James. Thank you so yeah. much. No problem. All righty. Bye now. Folks, we're going to be talking about gardening every Friday and every Saturday right here at MPB. Java, there's programs from Monday through Friday from morning till noon, right? Like I say, 8.30 a.m. until 12 noon is all live and all local. All right. Let's see if we can squeeze that one more call in for the end of the program. But while he's doing that, let me throw this out. I've got a, uh, uh, a question from Grace Booth. She said, what's your final answer concerning raking or not raking leaves off the grass? I'm hearing mixed reports. As far as I'm concerned, there are no mixed reports. The grass likes you to mow the leaves. The trees like you to mow and recycle those leaves. As long as you can still see the grass when you're through with it, then that's fine. It feeds the soil. It recycles the nutrients. It really helps them a whole bunch. People who rake just to rake need to up their well butrin just a little bit. 
Let's go to Mobile now and talk to Chris. Hey, Chris, good morning, sir. Yeah, good morning, uh, Felder. Great program. Thank Listen, you. I want to talk to you about uh, when I was a kid, my granddaddy used to go down the hill, and he would uh, get some sassafras uh, roots from sassafras trees. And yeah. we'd make sassafras tea, and I liked it. I hadn't had it since I was a kid, and I'm 53 years old now. And I was just going to, you know, somewhere along the line I heard that uh, you ain't supposed to drink sassafras tea. Yeah. What, what, what's your thoughts on sassafras tea? Okay. Uh, for, first of all, uh, sassafras, if you drink a lot of it, it can cause you problems. If you eat too much licorice, it'll shoot your blood pressure up. If you <laughs> implant dimes under your skin, you'll develop tumor. It's a matter of dosage. There's nothing wrong with occasionally having a little sassafras tea. I did it as a kid. Well, uh-huh. th- then again, I grew up like this, so who knows? No, the, the sassafras, if you, it, it's a matter of dosage. Uh, broccoli and collards have got a poison in them, and if you drink enough of it, it will make you sick. So don't yeah. eat too much broccoli. Yeah. So anyway, never happened here, no, never happened. <laughs> anyway, the sassafras, uh, you can see the sassafras kind of have kind of a golden yellow color right now. If you can find some, you just cut off a little of that root and, uh, and, and dry it out and steep it in some tea. It's just right. nice as it can be. But yeah, I'm just. Yeah, I think the thing which I heard you the other day. I think it was your program talking about the ten uh, best fall trees and sassafras was one of them. Got me to thinking, and uh, I called it on a Saturday, so I couldn't call in. But yeah, is this a good time now? Is this the right time to cut sassafras root? You can do it any time. It's it's, oh. it's it's an oil that's in the roots. The main thing is don't 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 drink it every day all day. No, no and if and if, and if you do, maybe at least you'll have a smile. <laughs> okay, okay, Felder. Thank you so All much. All right, appreciate it. Oh, me. And by the way, it doses, folks. Doses, too much money. You can't have too much love. You can't have too many puppies, okay? But you can drink too much sassafras tea. So that's just the way it is. Take it take it easy on that. Java. <laughs> you know, the bosses are away. We've been playing all day. We really have, and we got away with it, too. That's right. So far, wait till the podcast comes out, folks. Uh, the Gestalt Gardener is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We call it Think Radio. My producer today is a laid-back but hard-working Java Chapman. He also was a phone greeter. We appreciate that a whole bunch. Uh, hug a veteran if you see one. Uh, this weekend is too precious to let slide. Uh, those of us who see every new day as another chance to give it a go, go to a garden center, farmer's market, take a kid or two on a field trip, See if you can find an opportunity to show others what we do best, and that's get dirty. And if you see a veteran, thank him or her for their service. We appreciate that. See y'all next week. Woohoo! I'm out of here.